0: Seltzer Kings podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad scientists, and a little bit of witchcraft? let stay tuned for an all new episode of Watts Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network, available on all podcast platforms. Hey, pod friends. You see, I was feverishly productive this week, and I had finished the script for this episode around noon on Wednesday, January 6th, and thinking I had some free time, I flipped over to watch the election certification and that whole nonsense show, and then like everyone else, I was horrified by what happened afterwards. Now usually I would do a show about the thing that happened the week that it happened, but there's still so much going on. We don't know how all of this is going to play out yet. I mean, the violence seems to be over, but the blowback is still forming. Will he be impeached? Will he be article 25? No. And no, will he resign? No. Or will something even stranger happen in the remaining two weeks? I don't know. Neither does anybody else, no matter what they tell you. So, uh, we're going to stick with a show that we started, that we planned on, and uh, it's tangentially related, and I did update the closing a little bit to reflect what was going on because it was tangentially related. But rest assured, once all of this settles down and uh, Joe Biden is safely in office, then maybe we can look back and figure out what the hell people were thinking. So on with the show. Oh. Uh- Oh, come on gavin no MAGA chuds are storming a crappy used car lot in queens if they want a rust bucket car they can get one in their own front yard ass the following podcast contains your use of language has altered since our arrival it is currently laced with shall i say more colorful metaphors double dumbass on you and so forth you mean the profanity yeah that's simply the way they talk here nobody pays any attention to you unless you swear every other word Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you signed off on the treaty with the greys but never even looked into the connections with the reptilians, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is episode number 295, Big Lizards in Our Backyards, where we talk about how tired we are of these motherfucking reptilians on our motherfucking planet. Stay tuned. The What the Hell are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Glaxor and Glaxor Interstellar Attorneys at Law. Are you having trouble with the Pleiadians? Difficulty with the Nordics? Tensions with the greys or issues with the draconians? Don't take the law into your own appendages. You take them to court with Glaxor and Glaxor Interstellar Attorneys. Our attorneys are trained in major legal systems of the Galactic Empire and Earth jurisprudence, and we will work tirelessly to defend your rights such as they are. So if you're tired of being abducted in your sleep, injured in an anal probing, or interested in exploring custody and visitation rights with your alien hybrid offspring, throw a link to note 888-8888 and contact Glaxor and Glaxor, interstellar attorneys at in law. <laughs> Easy. Dad. Dad, be careful. Easy, Dad! Be careful! I was right. This is the key to us getting out of here. Not so much a key as a divining rod. They're calling! Dad, look, look! They're leaving! Who are? Enoch, The eltrusion. And hey, listen, whoever you are, thanks. Those monsters are My ancestors. Huh? I am of the generation to be born to this place. Ten thousand. Perhaps a hundred thousand years from now. You mean, you're not alive yet? Like myself, you have fallen through a dimensional doorway. In my case, however, only time was affected, not location. Those monsters are my antecedents. If you're a child of the 70s, you will immediately recognize the names Sid and Marty Croft. If you're even a few years younger, you might be familiar with some of their shows, but the names themselves are probably not ringing any bells. God, you got old. H.R. Puffin' Stuff, The Boogaloo, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, you know, the strange ass trippy kids shows that could only be created by tripping balls on mushrooms. Oh, I know Sid and Marty both swore they didn't use drugs, but come on, acid is the only possible explanation for this. <sighs> I'm Donnie Osmond. You can come out now, Marie. <laughs> and this is my kid sister. That was a great way to start a show. <laughs> they introduced both of us and you come out with a dummy. <laughs> well, uh, I only did it to protect you. Sure. Well, that was a very dangerous skating trick, I'll have you know. I understand. Even the way I did it was difficult. Sure. Well, look, man, it's not easy working with a dummy. Anyway. <laughs> you had to be high as fuck to think that was funny. For me, however, there was only one Sid and Marty Croft show worth watching. Marshall, Will, and Holly On the routine expedition Met the greatest earthquake ever known I- from tiny raft ah! And puts them down a thousand feet below To the land of the lost world. Damn, I love that show. It had everything. Dinosaurs, monkey men, and Holly Marshall. Damn, you're fun. Yeah, I know she was like 14, but I was only 7, and I was into older women. Aww, I don't like where this is going. Yeah, okay, good point. Anyway, my favorite non-Holly parts of Land of the Lost were the sleestacks. stacks who, despite what they sound like, were not a generically Jewish 70s sitcom neighbor couple. Hello, Maureen and Sheldon Sleestack. We just moved into the neighborhood from Schenectady, and it's so nice to meet you. But rather a degenerate race of reptilians who were constantly trying to kill Marshall, Will, Holly, and their furry friend Chaka. And Sleestacks were, God, my God, the costumes were terrible. You could see the seams in the plastic where it bunched at their necks, and still, somehow, they were scary as fuck. And as a kid, I would torment my little sister by making my hands into three-fingered claws and chasing her around hissing like a sleestack. stack. I don't think I scared her so much by my impression of a slea stack, but by her recognizing early on in life that her older brother was a giant dweeb and would actually hinder, rather than help her social status for the rest of her life. As true today as it was when it was written, of course, what I did not know, indeed, what I could not know, is that Sid and Marty Croft were not making these hissing, scaly abominations up out of their imaginations, but were secretly trying to warn a generation of children of the true danger hiding in the highest echelons of power, secretly pulling the strings and using humanity for their own nefarious purposes. <laughs> the reptilian aliens amongst us our scaly nemesis are back in the news of late since the suicide bomber in nashville on christmas day remember that that was only like 600 years ago anyway this guy was trying to warn us about the reptilians plans for 2021 are you sure about that Eh, it makes for a good hook to hang the topic on. From NBC News, quote, In addition, investigators are aware of statements he made, the suspect, about an internet conspiracy that powerful politicians and Hollywood fixtures are actually lizards or other reptiles who have extraterrestrial origins and are taking over society, the official said. Adherents of the unfounded conspiracy theory believe that politicians and other prominent people, including the Clintons and comedian Bob Hope, who died in 2003, are actually lizard-like creatures sent to earth and responsible for a number of historic tragedies. Justin Bieber and the Obamas have also been named in the conspiracy theory. Wow, that is idiotic. You have no idea, Liz Lemon. And this, you have no idea, Liz Lemon. Reptilian aliens are a very old conspiracy theory that stretch back to the beginnings of UFO theories here in America and snake Ben person. Snake persons go much further back than that. The Sanskrit word naga, literally serpent, speaks of a race of nearly godlike beings, half human, half cobra, though fully able to assume either forms, sometimes evil, sometimes helpful humanity, but always very powerful. And they live in underground palaces called Naga loka or Pataloka, and they were banished from the surface by the Hindu god Brahma for being too numerous on the surface, and commanded by Brahma to only use their venomous bite on the truly evil or those who are destined to die prematurely. I don't understand that part either. They are often associated with water and frequently are guardians of great treasure. I know I killed a bunch of them in d and And all of this is just myth, of course. For hardcore data, I can only tell you that my monster manual tells me that they are intelligent serpents that inhabit the ruins of the past, acquiring great arcane treasure and knowledge and come in guardian spirit and bone naga variants. You're such a nerd, dude. In 1934, the Los Angeles Times ran a story by Jean Bosquet titled, Lizard People Catacomb City Haunted. Engineers sink shaft under Fort Moore Hill to find maze of tunnels and priceless treasures of legendary inhabitants. Quote, Busy Los Angeles, although little realizing it in the hustle and bustle of modern existence, stands above a lost city of catacombs filled with incalculable treasure and imperishable records of a race of humans further advanced intellectually and scientifically than even the highest-type present-day peoples. In the belief of G. E. Warden Shuffelt, geophysical engineer now engaged in an attempt to wrest from the lost city deep in the earth below Fort Moore Hill the secrets of the lizard people of legendary fame in the medicine lodges of American Indians so firmly does Sheffield believe and a little staff of assistants believe that a maze of catacombs and priceless golden tablets are to be found beneath downtown Los Angeles and that the engineer and his aides have already driven a shaft 250 feet into the ground. The mouth of the shaft is being on an old banning probably on North Hill Street overlooking Sunset Boulevard, Spring Street and North Broadway, unquote. Despite extensive excavation, the lost lizard city and its treasures remain hidden. If, however, you've spent any amount of time at all in Los Angeles, the presence of a race of ancient lizard people explains a lot, really. Now, the first documented case of reptilian presences in the annals of ufology comes from Ashland, Nebraska, December 3rd, 1967. Ashland police officer 22-year-old Herbert Shermer recorded his field notes, quote... At twelve zero two thirty AM, December third, nineteen sixty seven, I saw a UFO at the junction of US Highway Six and Nebraska Highway Sixty Three. Believe it or not. Unquote. Taken aboard their mothership. Herb was given a tour by vaguely reptilian aliens wearing a winged serpent crests on their uniform and then returned to his patrol car. Of course, all of this came after Herb was hypnotized by investigations on the Condon Commission, a precursor to Project Blue Book and other official government (coughs) cover-ups. Sorry investigations. The Condit Commission dismissed Herb saying they had, quote, no confidence that the troopers reported UFO experience was physically real, unquote. But things really got going with a dude by the name of David Icke in 1999. Who is David Icke? He's a madman. Yes, and also a former soccer player, TV sportscaster, author, speaker, and most of all, rampant conspiracy theorist and one of the premier lunatics in a field known for being full of fucking lunatics. And old Dave made reptilians a thing. He's also a raging racist. You probably need to know that going forward. According to Ike, as taken from his Wikipedia page, quote, reptilians are a... Tall, blood-drinking, shape-shifting reptilian humanoids from the Alpha Dracona star system now hiding in underground bases, and they are the force behind a worldwide conspiracy against humanity. Ike contends that most of the world's ancient and modern leaders are related to these reptiles, including the Merovingian dynasty, the Rothschilds, the Bush family, and the British royal family, unquote. And this does not even begin to capture the meteoric heights this cabal rises to, or if you rather, the abyssal depths of Ike's lunacy. I'm guessing the latter. Almost anyone who is anyone is either an actual reptilian in disguise or related to a family infused with reptilian DNA. And just who is in this sinister circle? So who's in this pentagram? The queen, the Vatican. The Gettys. The Rothschilds. I'm Colonel Sanders before he went Tetsa. You would need a large warehouse wall and several thousand feet of red yarn to truly show the web of deceit woven by these nefarious lizards. Suffice it to say that any name you think you know of is someone who is in that red web of truth. Tom Hanks! Oh, please. Do you actually believe that Tom Hanks caught COVID early on in the crisis? You fool! You fell victim to one of the classic blunders! What you don't know is that Tom Hanks is a full blizzard lizard and he's immune to COVID. And in fact, COVID was created in a lab at Dulce Base in New Mexico. Now, according to Ike, this goes all the way back to the evolution of humanity. Hundreds of thousands of years, the dino dudes have been manipulating us secretly. Illuminati, lizards. Royalty, lizards the vatican lizard fucking city the protocols of the elders of zion were not about the jews you simple fool they were about you guessed it big gnarly lizards oh yeah see according to ike all of these things people have been using to kill jews since uh, i don't know there were jews wasn't about the Jews, it was about the reptilians. And to distract you from thinking about the dino aliens. They blamed the Jews using mind control. None of this has stopped Ike from continuously blurring the lines between conspiracy about Jews or conspiracy about reptilians, to the point that no one can actually tell which one he's talking about, nor anyone else is talking about anymore. Not even Ike. But Ike continues to loudly insist that he is not anti-Semitic. In fact, it is the reptilians who who are the anti-Semitic ones. And who you ask who are these lizards why are they here what do they want from humanity these are important questions with as many answers as there are looney tunes answering them and you're free to pick and choose your own answer but i'm gonna go with the most commonly accepted theories the reptilians are aliens duh from draconis how convenient yeah don't look for subtlety from these people Draconis, an F-type main sequence star located in the, you it, constellation Draco. That's about 50 light years from Earth. And physically, they are, according to Reptoids.com, quote, They range from five to half to nine feet in height. They have lean, firm bodies with powerful arms and legs. They have long arms with three long fingers and an opposable thumb. Their feet have three toes, one recessed fourth that is toward the backside of their ankle. The claws are short and blunt. They do not have teats on their upper torso, nor do they have a nail. They have scaled skin that is usually greenish and brown in color. Some have also have coffee-colored scales that have dark green-colored rims. The scales or scoots on their backs, thighs, and upper arms are unusually large. Their hands and abdomen of faces are covered with smaller scales, allowing for more flexibility. They have wide, lipless mouths, and the majority of them are reported to have differentiated types of dentation, including canines. Reptiloids have either large black eyes with vertical slit pupils or eyes that are white with flame-colored vertical slit pupils. Their heads are slightly conical in shape, and have two bony ridges riding from their brow across their back, sloping skull towards the back of their heads, and a cock the size of a baby's arm with a throbbing red apple on the end. I may have made up that part about the cock, but the rest of that very erotic description is exactly as quoted from Reptoid.com. Now, as to their motives, consensus seems to be that the Draconians, which will always be a monster from the Dragonlance books to me, are very interested in our DNA. They've been tinkering with our reproduction since the beginning, according to many researchers. Some believe that they're using our DNA to infuse their own DNA to enhance their species after some disaster in space, and others believe they are created hybrid human-alien creatures to maintain their control over the planet, and a few maintain that long ago in the dawn of time, humans possessed psychic abilities dangerous to the draconians and they manipulated our DNA to suppress those abilities, and all the junk DNA in our chromosomes are evidence of this manipulation, and of course, that some of us humans retain those abilities and the reptilians are desperately trying to find them and stamp them out. Right, 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 right. Of course, to truly understand their deep agenda, you would need to buy some of the literally thousands of books, DVDs, or subscription-only videos by deep researchers to understand what is going on. And then when I reached out to our network bosses at Seltzer Kings to see if the network would be willing to front the money for research material... Jeremy shot me back a very terse note implying that he was not, in fact, made of money. Which is exactly the sort of thing a lizard alien would say. Does it seem reasonable that our new bosses at Seltzer Kings are reptilian aliens themselves? Of course it doesn't seem reasonable. I'm not saying that it is reasonable, but... I'm not saying it isn't. So from what I could tell... Through what is admittedly a cursory examination of the free promotional materials on these books and videos it seems clear to me that the real goals of these dino dicks is the harvesting of organ energy from human beings really 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 oh yeah it really comes down to vril and organ energy what i hear you ask pod friends is organ energy it's an energy field created by all living things it surrounds us and penetrates us it binds the galaxy together i'm sorry gavin is telling me in my headset that that is not organ energy but the force from star wars no orgon energy is according to lawrence gailey beyond who said in beyond duality the art of transcendence quote in the Catechus, the two serpents are called Ab and nod and as they twine around each other they create the magical wand of double power the unification of Ab and Nob is uh, pictured by the globe that crowns the catechist. The globe which climaxes the catechist symbolizes the Nur-Muhammadi or the light of Mohammedan, the or or light in Hebrew, which is the result of a state of equilibrium existing between two serpent forces. This light is the supreme essence. Wilhelm Reich called this serpent energy the orgon. and it has also been referred to as a... The uh, ki, kundalini, the mana, the prana, the vril, the animal magnetism, the otic forks, the astrolite, the elon vital, and the libido, the atmospheric eye, and the ether. Pretty much sums it up right there. Oh, I could go into a long tangent on organ energy and vril, which some believe is the antiparticle of organ. Vril is harvested through pain orgon through pleasure and how the Nazis wanted real energy which is why they were such evil fuck and how the 60s were largely the product of white magicians to reinfuse the world with orgon energy by getting the largest generation in human history the boomers to fuck and fuck well but none of that's particularly relevant to the idea that what the reptilians really want is to harvest the life energy of human humanity be it real or orgon look it's a really complex argument to try and explain, and I'm not going to do it well. So I'm going to quote directly from Channeling Poppy Eli on Blogspot.com in July of seven two 2017. Quote. Metatron on reptilians. The reptilian species is largely unaltered from the neocortex down to the spinal cord from the common rattlesnake. They have highly developed frontal lobe and pineal gland is adapted to sense heat rather than light as it is in humans. Their armor is composed of keratin, much like toenail on human counterpart, only stronger, thus leaving them immune to sword or knife attack. Bullets must be covered with lubricant to properly pierce their shells. Medieval dragons are what we refer to as draconian reptiles. They breathe fire in the sense that they can control minds and use electromagnetic warfare, hence the metallic suits and armories of the medieval time warriors. This history has largely been corrupted by the reptilian elite on Earth right now, They try their damnedest to stay in power and hide truth from prying eyes. Your internet connection is monitored by them as we speak. Do not fret. They are only interested in your surfing habits, not what you publish. Human hybrids are required to wear explosives at all times, rendering them extremely dangerous. There are dead man switches. If their body is found, they are incinerated on the spot by the blast, rendering the remains undiscoverable. This is to present the study of their physiology and the discovery of their presence. The reptilians are not deceased after long periods of time, underwater or in fire or explosions, Many walk away unharmed. Oregon is the way of the future as far as technology is concerned. What is even greater is how it can be used electrically. It is self-resonating, meaning that it resonates any electronics attached to it via wire, including wet cell batteries, dry cell batteries, diodes, capacitors, coils, lamps, etc., Each has a unique property. Resistors cause voltage to be broadcast outward into space when coupled with the aluminum. This causes radiation to be formed. This is useful for creating beta radiation effects to create energy such as electron flow in space, down wires or in electronic circuits. Using aluminum wires could only animate such system with few resistors of great magnitude. Diodes cause heat to be generated in space and connection points or contacts, as you call them. This is great for heating effects such as space heaters, or lamps devices which you use to power of the sun solar panels yes you can capture the heat on solar panels and use to move motors and other electronics I also want to talk about what you can do with magnets magnets are great for moving rotors with Orgon applications, magnets can be moved via wires simply connected to such cells with no other discrete devices. Motive force is to be had easily. You see, Orgon is the missing force between electricity and magnetism. Thus, it is the in-between factor that can be used in standard motors. Do you follow me? I am. I can see that you agree with me. We have an in-law in the universe that is between electricity and magnetism. That is Orgon. You see, magnetism is the formed out of Orgon flow from the poles of north to south on magnetism. Magnet. This is all that Orgon creates magnetism. Now that you know that, have a good day. Thank you for chatting with me, unquote. So you guys totally understand now, right? Uh, no. <laughs> Fine. Then let me have Crowabot on WordPress.com explain it to you. Quote, I've been theorizing about how farmers markets are run by the Illuminati or... How the reptiles of the Illuminati are starting to move in on and try to monopolize the world food supply because reptile humans gotta eat too. Not quite so worried about the zombies, except that if reptiles want to keep humans in line, Sherry Shriner might be onto something, complaining about microchipping of human brains and turning humans into zombies. Oregon pucks and Oregon blasters are the weapons that Sherry Shriner says is the weapons of the end times. I think my new flyer for the Foundation of Children Peru, it has this little round emblem with a picture of cinnamon roll. It's one of Hello Kitty's friends, but it acts sort of like an Oregon puck. Makes the reptilian shapeshisters not be able to cloak their identity or hide their snake-eyed pupils so much. You'll understand soon. Todd was doing really well with vinegar and a bucket out in the front yard to help get them chemtrails to go away, but apparently Todd is in jail right now. End quote. So now you see quite clearly, I think, why that dude in Nashville had to blow up the AT&T building. Uh, no. Really? Because that was kind of starting to make sense to me, but then I'm pretty deep in the bottle of Jameson. The whole very silly reptilian theory used to be a goofy-ass thing we could all just laugh at, but it was never innocent or harmless. It was always very anti-Semitic, no matter what David Icke says, and... Honestly, I got a lot of Jewish friends and none of them display any signs of being a reptilian. None of them are four-legged or have scale skin. Micah has a cutting sense of humor but nothing close to a venom sack behind hollow incisors for forcing venom into prey animals. None of them lay eggs in shallow warm soil, although some reptiles do actually bear live youngs. No, No, that's crazy. And never have I once come across a Jewish friend of mine sunning themselves on a sunny rock on a cool day to raise their body temperature. I mean, Gabe does like to drink his morning coffee on a sunny bench outside the office before heading into work, but I don't think that's the same thing at all. When a reptilian theorist spouts their crazy-ass bullshit, they are practicing the same kind of othering that has been going on for 2,000 years that has led to so many horrific acts and does so today. And the whole goddamn thing is so fucking crazy because if you had read the text, the actual source material, Jesus of Nazareth was a reptilian noble. Welcome to the inside of my mind, sheeple. Rowan Connolly, an Aussie writer and sports commentator, wrote on Twitter last week, quote, As in Australia, UK, etc., I keep saying it, the major philosophical battle of our time is no longer the left versus right it's smart versus stupid, unquote. And that's the real problem with this kind of thinking. Reptilian aliens are folded into the uber theory of QAnon, simply omitting the mention that elite pedophile cabals running things are in reality alien lizards overlords from Draconis. Because if they said that part out loud, well, then people would think the idea of elite pedophile cabals are stupid or something. A public policy poll in 2013 said that as many as 4% of Americans believe that reptilian aliens are in control of human society behind the scenes—an alarming number in total million, a uh, total people, some 12 million or so. But you have to understand, you can find four to five percent of people that will believe any crazy-ass thing. I mean, I remain completely convinced that Ronald Reagan actually died in 1976 and was replaced by an animatronic puppet operated by a very clever chimpanzee designed by Walt Disney, who did not die in 1966 and was secretly running the country during the eight years Reagan was in office. But I'm not blowing up a building to prove it. Crazy ideas and conspiracy theories used to be funny things weirdos believe. But today, they're Americanized. They became a money-making venture. It explains so much about why they are so prevalent in end-stage capitalism. There are fact stacks to be made on crazy. All of the people injured or killed, all the buildings destroyed, all the violence in the streets or the flailing last gasp of tangerine shit for brains are just the cost of doing business for the conspiracy industrial complex. The same way dead miners working in collapsed coal mines were for coal mining or child actors dying of overdoses who are for Hollywood in the 80s. As with anything else, Follow the money, see who's getting rich off stupidity, and you'll see the men behind the curtain and the monkey in the Reagan puppet and the moron in the White House. You don't need lizard aliens from Dakonas to explain anything. All you need is good old-fashioned capitalism. And, oh, God. We saw the end result of the conspiracy industrial complex last week when egged on by the multi-level marketer in chief, thousands of lizard brain shitheads stormed the United States Capitol in an uprising with the explicit purpose of preventing the peaceful transfer of power in a presidential election. It was fueled by conspiracy and led by some of the biggest hucksters in the movement. That fuckwit in the horns is called the Q Shaman. Look him up. Any number of shit peddlers from Infowars were brazenly live-streaming their insurrection and it was because lies, fear, and paranoia are commoditized and sold to the stupidest 25% of the public and it's very profitable. I started this show about one dude in Nashville and ended it with thousands of morons just like him whose actions resulted in five dead, dozens injured, and the entire fucking world looking at this country and asking itself... What the fuck is wrong with you people? There aren't lizard aliens running things. There are just greedy, power-hungry fuckwads using stupidity to elevate their brands and put money in their pockets. And that, pod friends, is the scariest thing I can fucking think of, except for stacks, because even after all these years, they still kind of scare the shit out of me. <laughs> That is it for our show this week. Like I said, I finished the script a little before Wednesday's Little Insurrection and I struggled with pushing it back for a week and talking about, you know, Maga's little Kua tip, but I decided to stick with what we had planned because things are still in progress. And as we do pre-production, by the time this thing goes live, anything could have happened. I have some small ideas on how to talk about this in the near future, but right now I'm just going to watch and process. Also, You don't think there were plenty of people in that capital on Wednesday looking for lizard aliens? Exactly. So rate and review the show wherever you get your pods. It helps others to find the show and check us for telltale signs of being a draconian. Follow the show on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast with a show name on Facebook where I share all my secret knowledge gleaned from the ancient tones of Oregon harvesting. All of the shows are at whatthehellpodcast.com where we harvest the listener's real energy and use it to make whiskey. (laughs) <laughs> we, are, we are proud members of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network, where we're certain that Lori Battenberg is not a reptilian, but we are sure she could drop a few names of reptilians she's worked with. And for me, Dave doesn't even own a pair of snakeskin boots anymore. Bledsoe, producer... I do not have a hinge jaw to help me swell a prey larger than my body, damn it. Gavin and all the fictional greys on this show, we want to say that we might have big lizards in our own government, but we can't afford to feed them, and you should see the way they shit. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> The Hell Were You Thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings podcast network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at podcast, or on Facebook as WhatTheHellPodcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow.